0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of One Dream by The Grass Factor. Myself, Matt Martin. Appreciate you tuning in. This is where we begin to move into the next part of the story of Carbon Earth. That's really interesting. You know, you, you see how these people come together. You see how John comes together, and then and you see how... Uh, Sean comes together, and then you know there was there's even more to it than that, a lot more than that. So today we're going to be talking about another one of those situations of this is actually going to predate Carbon Earth. This is going to predate the concept we even had. All right, today we're going to be talking about a fella named Charlie Mann. Charlie Mann is definitely a unique individual, he's a a one-of-a-kind, and to even begin to talk about what he brings to the table, he's just, I, I don't think I could even do it in a single episode. I think it's just one of those things I'm going to have to talk about when the situation arises, because... He was just so pivotal, and is so pivotal in what we do. And you're going to hear that as kind of a repeating theme: how, how all these individual players are so pivotal in what what we do as a company. So, I'll kind of give you the rundown. So, Charlie is Charlie's a farmer. Charlie has experience in the banking industry and the financial industry, but his day-to-day at this time of his life is he's a farmer. Specifically, he's a poultry farmer. And what Charlie does exceptionally well is make compost. Charlie is above and beyond the best producer of compost I have ever seen. So when John found Charlie. Charlie was actually looking for biochar to put into his poultry houses. And there's a litany of things that biochar is able to accomplish in a, in a, poultry house. But you know, we talk about how aged biochar is going to have a certain amount of anion exchange capacity, which would allow it to bond to things like nitrogen and phosphorus. And so, Charlie being ahead of his time and being forward thinking and not your typical farmer thought I need biochar for my poultry houses. And so he did, he found John and John at the time was a supplier of biochar and supplied Charlie with the biochar that was going into his houses. Interestingly, John also learned that Charlie was then removing the biochar and the manure out of the house and using that for compost. So as John navigated his way into finding out agglomeration, um, you know, really the, the base material, the base, the backbone of what it is we were trying to do. It actually began with, with what Charlie was doing. And I'll never forget John was telling me about Charlie, and you know, this is after he'd showed me the prills. They had taken Charlie's material, gone prilled it, and he was like, "You, we, we, we have to have a conversation with him because he's in. Like Charlie, Charlie wants to be a part of this. Like he is, he is super into it. And I remember the first conversation we had, and the first conversation we had. I mean, it, it was a whole lot of. I'm going to use a very corporate corporate saying here the uh, the concept was at about 30,000 feet and we were trying to take it from 30,000 feet to 10,000 feet so major macro overview here right of everything you know we're just trying to put the puzzle pieces in there's only six puzzle pieces but we're trying to lay them out and figure out where they go and whatever we accomplished that call what it all came down to for me when we got, out, we were getting off the phone, we were ending the conversation, you know, being pleasant and saying, you know, nice to meet you and all that great stuff. I look forward to talking to you soon. And uh, one of the things that was commented was, uh, you know, I, Charlie, I cannot wait to come see your farm. I'm jealous. And he kind of paused. And in a very serious way, Charlie told me, Matt. It's not the farm. It's the people. And I have to say, not just from day one, but even now, at day 365, for Charlie, it is still all about the people. And it's been contagious for us. He's been really the shining light in the whole project of never letting us forget it's all about the people. And that one conversation really resonated for me. And don't get me wrong. There's just an unmeasurable amount of positive things Charlie has done for us. You know, we built the plant on his poultry farm. You know, he, he licensed us the manure from his poultry farm. He gave us the freedom to uh, use the, the bedding material or the preparation of the bedding material however we wanted to. I mean, Charlie carved us out 14 acres out of the farm that that's huge for anybody that's ever been involved in a startup if you could imagine the cost of land acquisition land acquisition is one of the most expensive parts of getting started especially from a manufacturing perspective right you know you can try and buy warehouse space but if you do buy warehouse space, are they going to allow you to manufacture what you manufacture? And especially given that we manufacture something that contains poultry manure, if you could imagine the odors that come from our manufacturing facility, they're mildly offensive, is putting it nicely. It stinks like shit. It stinks like shit. So people don't want us in some sort of high-traffic warehouse, you know, granulating chicken shit. They want us stuck out in the country somewhere where nobody can find us. And and it's not even that, I mean, don't get me wrong, where we are, Calhoun, uh, Calhoun Kentucky, is, a, is a, s- a small community, but it's not like we're just super far away from the population. You know, I'd say the, the closest house is maybe a quarter mile away from us, if that. Maybe an eighth of a mile. But... I, you know, from the get go, I mean, Charlie. Charlie was, I mean, he was he was just on board. I mean, who 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 would give us who would carve us out fourteen acres to build this property without having to put down you know a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollar down payment? And then, mind you, Charlie on top of it, you know, let us build on it, and not just build anything, but build a fertilizer manufacturing facility. And we were fortunate because not only that, Charlie had the type of property where we could get 18 wheelers in and out. We could stage 18 wheelers in and out. We could run three-phase power. We could run natural gas. So it was, I mean, like, especially from conception, I mean, that was everything. We couldn't believe it. John had had a prior relationship with Charlie, so he could he could wrap his brain around it. But I I, I couldn't I just could not figure it out. And uh, but I you, you, we have to say that when you look at the skill sets he brings, this is just purely from a skill set standpoint, not not just uh, a, a financial or goods point, but from a skill set, we've got one of the top composters in the country. We've got access to his compost and his litter and his compost teas and we can do it all on site where all of this takes place already it just doesn't get any uh, any better than that i mean of all the possible outcomes imaginable that's as good as it gets so I was talking about before about you know why why Tyson never would have worked out. Well, this is this is one of those things where you, you, there are so many moving parts, and you have to take into account the the vast number of moving parts for any decision you make. You have to take lots of things into consideration so you hear the name tyson yeah you think oh man that's a that's a big that's a big company right you know tyson yeah yeah you want them behind you right well and it's not to say that we didn't but this was the situation we would have been put in had we done something with tyson we would have lost charlie Because Charlie is a Purdue farmer, and Charlie can only have Purdue Farm litter on his property. So it's not the question of whether or not we chose Tyson. It's a question of whether or not is it right to walk away from Charlie. And we knew in our heart of hearts that was not possible. So to keep, uh, to keep the story going here, you know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Charlie, give you, give you a little, a little background here. Um, You know, he's from McLean County, Kentucky. Uh, I believe he went to Western Kentucky. He was an athlete, basketball player. Charlie's a big man. He's, he's six foot six. He's bigger than me. And uh, very early on, he, he got involved in banking, and and Charlie took his skill sets to McLean County. McLean County at the time was a big producer of tobacco, uh, and with the the government crackdown on tobacco, uh, it really a lot of a lot of uh, revenue was lost in the area, and so. At the time, Charlie saw that gap, and he saw a community that was that was hurting, and to apply his skill sets to better improve the community, because because Charlie's focus is is the people. Charlie worked with his position in the bank to be able to allow these people to begin farming chickens for Purdue. So, what that allowed him to do was really open up the entire economy of McLean County to become more robust, to have more power, and uh, ultimately improve all the lives of the community. And while I say it, it may be a small town, you know, 400, 700, 800 people in in Calhoun, Kentucky proper, something like that. It's pretty small, but imagine—you know—what kind of person does it take to say, "All right, you know, I'm a banker. I've got a degree. Uh, I'm I'm smart. I, I can travel. I can I can move into any city in the United States and and get a job, and probably move up in that job pretty pretty quickly, pretty aggressively." But Charlie didn't. Charlie didn't go to New York. Charlie didn't go to Raleigh, North Carolina. Charlie didn't go to Atlanta. He went right back to McLean County and built the city. So when we chose to partner with Charlie, Charlie exposed us not just to a farmer. Charlie exposed us not to just a composter. Charlie exposed us to a financial system. Charlie also exposed us to a community. And a community that he had spent a lifetime in a career of building respect. And he opened up that respect. That reputation that he had. He shared that with us. And that's a lot to ask a career, a lifetime of building your, your, your baby, your reputation, who you are, your legacy. And he shared that with a couple of kids out of Knoxville, Tennessee, chasing a dream. when we were building our manufacturing facility there, um, you, you have to, you have to go before the board, right? So it's not like you can just park anywhere and decide to build a, a plant. You know, there's lots of, of permitting and, um, uh, 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 petitioning that has to take place in order for that to happen. Um, especially because, you know, there's, there's zoning laws too, right? So, Specifically, where we were building, we were on something that was zoned agricultural or farm. And we were going to cut out, uh, you know, 10, 11, 14 acres in the middle of it and rezone that as industrial. And so what we had to do is go before the county commission and present our case as to why this county should allow us to build and manufacture in, in McLean. And I had spoken previously about how tight our timeline was. We had a massively tight timeline. So with this tight timeline, part of it was petitioning and getting approval to be able to build in McLean. So we had already committed... (laughs) And I'll kind of take it take it back a little further. And this is this is kind of the odd way uh, entrepreneurship works, especially when you're looking for outside investors. You're you're not bootstrapping it. It works like this: you go to an investor, you pitch your idea, and by the end of it all, they want to know what are your sales. And at this point, with it just a concept and just a theory, it was well, we have none. And so at that point, I had to leverage what we did have that did not cost money to be able to put the idea, our concept, out to the public. And so came along the social media aspect when, you know, I would talk about it on YouTube slightly. Or I was within a group of private applicators and I would put up uh, an analysis of a product and talk about it containing biochar, talk about it containing poultry manure. And, you know, as we started developing kind of like price points, you know, we share price points, you know, how much does it cost? And uh, and then we talked about our unique ability to infuse things. And so we started talking about, oh, well, we think we can infuse it with, uh, with RGS at the time. And we put a lot of time and effort into building the momentum and the community engagement. So we could build a catalog of people that were excited about the product and then take that to our investors and show, you know, we may not have dollars and cents in sales, but we have we have generated interest in something as boring as fertilizer yeah you know, i talked to to ben at absolute Kubota the other day and he, you know his his statement was he's like i've never he said what's so exciting for me about this and being able to uh to to work with you on this product is I've never seen anybody excited about fertilizer before. So it's, it's new for me and it's refreshing for me to have and talk to people and potential clients about something that is exciting, something that can capture attention and excitement from, from people that want to use your product. And that's the other thing too, is that it's, it's people that are not coming to shop. It's people that are actually coming to shop for your product. And so, how how that happened, I don't know. But what, what I can say is that, you know, our, our, we were desperately trying to show whoever was interested in our product that we could put a lot of work into generating demand. We may never turn into dollars and cents. And it may, and ultimately, even at the launch of the company, it may, it may still fail, but we can at least get people excited. And if we can get people excited, maybe just maybe we can convert it to dollars and cents. And after, after people apply it and they use it and they learn what the product does, then we can continue and build upon the excitement. That was the goal. And so we, we 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 had built this and generated this level of, of excitement and we were already so far behind because we had to do all of that just to be able to get the funding to move on to the next phase. And then moving on to the next phase was okay, where are we going to build? Okay, we have the relationship with Charlie. We know where we're going to build. And then it's how do we build? And (laughs) this is where Charlie, again, he saved our ass. Because Charlie had been so involved with the community, because Charlie had the reputation because Charlie had the career, because Charlie has the legacy, because Charlie has done the good work, because Charlie is a great human being, a productive, contributing member of society. And because he shared that with us, we were able to go to the county commission, And as much as I was prepared to talk and as much as I love to hear myself talk, obviously my one hour show on Sunday isn't enough, so I have to do a podcast now, but I was fully expected to talk and I wanted to talk, but just the presence of me being in the room with Charlie, people would walk in and say, you must be Charlie's partner and shake my hand and say, it's great to meet you. And I would ask Charlie, Who, who's this person? And he would tell me the story of him. Then another person would walk in and the same thing would happen. And then another person until the, home rule, the whole room was full and I had met everybody in the room. And now these same people that have given hugs and adorations to Charlie are now about to vote on the project that's going to take place on his, on his property. I think really the only question I had to ask was, are any of the fertilizer products you're using explosive? They don't want another Waco, Texas accident. And I said confidently, no, absolutely not. We do not use nitrates, and we do not use nitrates for a reason, and that's to reduce the possibility of explosion with anything we do. And you know they voted on it, and they all said, Let's do it. Welcome. They all said welcome. You know, when we needed when we needed a pad poured for a building, Charlie said, I know a guy. I know the guy who poured the pad at, at my bank that is still in perfect condition. There's not a single crack in it. When we needed grade work done. he said, I know the best, best grade guy you've ever met when we needed natural gas. He said, there's only one person I can recommend to you and I'm going to recommend them to you. And they're the best in the business. When we needed a building extension, I know exactly who you need to talk to. He used to be a banker and now he's a farmer and he's the most meticulous person you've ever seen work in construction. If we ever need a poultry litter, Charlie said, I can get you in front of whatever farmer you want. When we develop a standing operating procedure for our accepting of poultry manure, we'll say the farmers will like this, like this. They will not like that. They will not like that. So let's make these two points easy. And then then you can capture the farmers based on your standard operating procedure. You cannot place a dollar amount on that. There's not a figure. There's not a dollars and cents. Do not equate with that kind of person. Even the word "priceless" is still. It's a. It's a. It. It does not quantify what Charlie is to our project. It's just something you have to experience. And really it's only once in a lifetime that something like this gets to happen. It's only once in a lifetime you get this opportunity and it's once in a lifetime you get to meet someone like Charlie Mann. Alright, so we start moving into to the next episode here. We're going to talk about what that meeting was like when we first sat down, when the first time I sat down with our investors, because we went into it and we had a lot of expectations. I think John had his own set of expectations. You have to remember, John and I, we're not feuding at this point, but we're kind of feuding, right? Because I'm not sure I want to go the Singapore route and... You know, John definitely wants us to go the Singapore route. And I don't want to do anything without John. And so it's this seesaw, this back and forth tug of war of of unknown ambiguity that we're in right now. And then we start running out of time and then Singapore comes to town and we have a conversation. love that guitar lick. So that's what we're going to start talking about next. We're going to talk about what that conversation was like, because it was interesting. It was really interesting. And I think everybody slept well for the first time in a really, really long time after that conversation. So... Everybody, I appreciate you tuning in today. Thank you so much for everything. Uh, for those of you that uh, are just beginning to learn and find out about me, share the podcast with a friend if they have an interest in hearing about a startup coming to fruition. Any you you grass nerds out there, send it to other grass nerds. We all know other grass nerds will be into it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>